Hey everybody, it's Claire, one half of your intrepid podcasting duo. Just popping in here for a quick intro before we get into the episode for 1912. We had a little bit of a technical issue, uh, by which I mean I did not realize that my microphone had something wrong with it until after we had already recorded the entire episode. So the sound quality is not great. It's a bit crackly and fuzzy in places. Hopefully it's not so bad that you can't get through the episode. Uh, We thought about redoing it, but it seemed more fun to keep our original takes uh, fresh off the grill, if you will. And also, we didn't really love this episode and didn't really feel like talking about it for another couple hours. So we decided to just stick with the original. I hope that you enjoy it, despite uh, my technological dunsehood. And without further ado, here it is. Hello and welcome to another week on the Vampire Diaries Diaries, your number one podcast for false accusations that turn out to be true accusations in the most interesting murder mystery of all time. My name's Claire. I'm joined as always by my co-host Beth, and we are here to talk about season three, episode 16? 1912. Wow. We love a flashback episode on this podcast. We do. But you know how there's always an exception to every rule? Oh no, really? You liked this episode? I did. Honestly, I was kind of tired of... I don't want to say tired of the original storyline, but I feel like it was like kind of dragging on yeah. and like we need to defeat Klaus and like I just felt like we were riding that train for a long time and it felt kind of like refreshing to just totally switch things up a little bit and this almost felt like kind of a different show it like did. as compared to the last episode. It I was think, nice like, to even... get a break from Klaus. It was. <laughs> it was. And I wanted to bring it up with you because I feel like we had new, what would you call it, like scenes in this episode, like scenery, Mm, places that we haven't been in the show. Sets. Yes, that that is the television word I'm trying to think of. Um, There were new sets and I feel like the lighting was different. I don't know if Mm. like maybe they like switched showrunners or something at this time, but it just felt very different to me this episode. Yeah, the vibes were a pretty hard turn. Yeah. But I personally find the murder mystery plotline really boring and stupid. Yeah. And and I also am kind of sick of Stefan and Damon's whole thing right now. And those were like the two main things in this episode. And Caroline and Bonnie weren't there. I know. I did miss Caroline and Bonnie. But there, I think I enjoyed it more the second time I watched it. Because I don't know why. Maybe Stockholm Syndrome. But it's not my fave. <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but I definitely I definitely liked it. It felt fresh, and I don't want to do any spoilers at the beginning of the episode, but my ass was shocked at the oh, end. Yeah. Maybe I should have seen it coming, but I was shocked. I was, like, <laughs> screaming in my living room. You shouldn't have seen it coming because it's extremely stupid. <laughs> it is kind of stupid, but I also love it because it's so campy and ridiculous. True. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, before we just talk about our opinions, let's talk about what actually <laughs> happened in the episode, which I did yeah. love the opening of the episode, which was Mystic Falls, 1912, but it's still wow. the same clock tower. It's just everything is like sepia toned. <laughs> yes. They just threw a filter on that bitch and they were like, now it's 1912. And in 1912, it was all the same families because they all inbred 
with each other, interbred with each other, and became mm-hmm. inbred, I think is what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> because uh, we meet these two gentlemen out in the evening, uh, Mr. Salvatore and Sheriff Forbes. I cackled at Sheriff Forbes. I just cackled. Sheriffs for how many generations? So good. As you all know, that is how the law works. You inherit the title of sheriff. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, A dynasty of Sheriff Forbes. We have so many questions about how things work here, but... (laughs) We really do. Sheriff Gerald Forbes is like, yo, Zachariah Salvatore, because everybody also had the same names. Why not? It's dark outside, and somebody on the council got murdered. Do you want the police to give you a ride home? And Zachariah's like, oh, Sheriff Forbes, I am not scared of anything. I like a nice walk home in the winter breeze. (sighs) But, oh, Zachariah, come on, my man. Because the creepy fog rolled in, and he gets stabbed pretty quickly after the sheriff departs. Yep. And he is dead. It's not a good omen to be named any kind of variation on Zach and Salvatore. It means you're going to get murdered at a young age. Yeah, that's true. I mean... Oh, yeah. I guess if there's only twice that we know of, but there were probably a lot of other Zach's Salvatore. Yeah, Zach Salvatore. <laughs> Multiple Zach's. It did really tickle me that they kept on saying, Uncle Zachariah. I'm like, Uncle Zach in the house. <laughs> there you Uncle go. Nephew Zach. <laughs> but we don't get to see who this mysterious murderer is yet. Uh, we have to like fade into present day, still looking at the clock tower, and really prominent street signs that made it look like it was on a lot busier of a street than I feel like it usually looks. That's what I mean. I really think that there was like different sets that we haven't seen before. Or like a different angle or something. Yeah, like it was a lot of traffic and like these really modern street signs, which doesn't gel with like my previous mind image of Mystic Falls downtown. But yeah, it just uh, kind of fades into present or fades out of old timey into present day and everything just gets brighter and like a stoplight and the street signs show up. But aside from that, it looks pretty close to how it looked in 1912. Mm -hmm. And we have Sheriff Forbes, but modern day Sheriff Forbes, Liz and Carol walking into, I guess, what, town hall? Would you call it a municipal building that houses the jail? Yeah, that's pretty much what it should be called. I kept on thinking courthouse, but I'm like, is the courthouse and the jail usually in the same structure? It just looked very grand to be a jail. It did, yeah. I don't know. Whatever whatever municipal building this is. I mean, it's Mystic Falls. is probably also the post office. <laughs> yes. And, and the bowling like alley. The town grocery store. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the bowling alley. Uh, there we go. But yeah, Liz and Carol are having a good chat and they're just kind of catching us up about this whole murder situation. So Liz is like, listen, Carol, we have two council members murdered and an attempted murder. I'm here like trying to do my job here. Get off my back. And Carol comes in with Liz, it's your duty to keep me in the loop. Tell me who the suspect is, Liz. And I'm like, what the fuck, Carol? I feel like... Carol is really disappointed that all of the male originals have left town. And so she has nobody to hit on inappropriately. Oh. So she's taking out her uh, 
pent-up sexual frustration on Chair Forbes. She has a lot of energy here. But yes, we're in this municipal building and we see that Alaric is in a very creepy looking jail cell, which I have to assume is not like the main jail cell portion of the building, but it didn't quite look like Caroline's torture cell. So, but maybe like it was adjacent to that because everything was really crumbly and creepy. Yeah, it was very old. I don't know. And like, just not like seemed to fit modern day standards at all. Like even for jails and prisons. I don't know. Yeah, but Alaric's there. He wakes up and he's like, what the fuck? And he's going to spend this whole episode being like, what the fuck? And rightly so. Yeah, so Alaric wakes up in the cell and Sheriff Forbes strolls in. And she has a bone to pick with Alaric, I will say that. Mm -hmm. So I I think, does she walk in with Damon? Like, they're together when they get down there? I feel like maybe the title card happens somewhere in here and then it cuts to them. Because, yeah, Damon is there. Yeah. Or at least part of this. Yeah, and Damon's like, Liz, are you arresting him? And she's like, Alaric, Damon, back off. Alaric, I'm detaining you for your own good. And Alaric's all like, hey, Sheriff Forbes, Meredith shot me. Like, what the hell? Like, why are you detaining me? And she's like, yeah, but then she only shot you because you were coming at her with a knife. And then she healed you with vampire blood. So... None of this makes any sense. I know. It's very questionable. She first implies that she has Alaric detained in this jail cell for his own safety because he got shot. But then she's like, but it was totally legit that she shot you because you were holding a knife in the same room as her. And Alaric does not contradict her at all when she says that he came at her with a knife. He was literally just like holding a rag with a knife on it and like staring at it half asleep. Yeah. He's not like, "Uh, no, I was holding evidence she had been hiding and she like stone cold gave me a sassy quip and then shot me for no reason (laughs) but oh she immediately healed me with her dubious vampire blood scheme so it's fine this was so weird because i really felt like maybe sheriff forbes was being compelled to have alaric in this jail cell because it just seemed so wildly out of what I had expected to happen after Alaric got shot. Yeah, like, what? what is the footage we missed in between the very end of last episode and here? It's like, Meredith shoots Alaric, then immediately gives him vamp. Like, where did she shoot him? <laughs> like, in the dick? I don't know. But she heals him with vampire blood and then knocks him unconscious, probably, because he doesn't remember getting to the jail. Yeah. I don't know. It's all extremely stupid. Like, everything that happened in this episode was very stupid, and most of it did not make sense. And usually I'm down for that, but it just kind of bugged me this time. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so, like, Liz comes in and she's like, listen, Dr. Fell says that, like, your wounds are self-inflicted, and I don't know what to do with this information, because, listen... Your weapons are literally everywhere across all of the crime scenes that have happened against the Founders Council in this town. And I have nothing to go off of except for the fact that the Founders are blaming you, Alaric. And it's like, Liz, I don't think that like your job is supposed to depend on who's blaming who. I think it's supposed to kind of rely on the evidence, but who am I to say and tell you how to do your job? She has no boss. I mean, I guess Carol's kind of her boss, so she's fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. 
I just love, like, she was getting really mad. She's like, I have nothing. I have no evidence about anything. So I've got to put you in jail just to, like, be doing something. (laughs) Right? Oh, my gosh. I know. And Damon's like, what the fuck? You know this is bullshit. Blah, blah, blah. And Liz is like, don't make me put you in that cell with him. I was like, oh, I think uh, if you put him in that cell with him, we'd be watching uh, pornography. Yes, this would be a different show at that point. (laughs) We'd be switching genres. Yes. But I love how Liz just takes the law literally into her into her own hands and emotions. Did I will have to, like, arrest take you for talking back at me. To become a cop? <laughs> no, she inherited it because of her husband. Oh my god. <laughs> so from one ridiculous scene to another, we cut to Elena and Matt out for a jog, because why not? And apparently right. Elena is much more swollen in shape than Matt because he's huffing and puffing. It's like, aren't you the quarterback? Do quarterbacks have to have good lung capacity or do they just like have to be brick shit houses? I literally know nothing yeah, about I don't football, know football or fitness. So that's not a good question for the pod. <laughs> but either way, Matt is not enjoying this jog. And he tells Elena, you can't run from your problems. <laughs> so deep like whoa so literal so so literal (laughs) and yeah like i don't know we see a lot of matt in this episode and Mm -hmm. he kind of like casually brings up during this break in their run that he talked to bonnie Mm -hmm. and that he learned that abby is going to be transitioning into a vampire with the help of caroline And then Elena gets all teary-eyed again, and she's like, oh, like, how is Bonnie? And Matt kind of gives her, like, the same explanation that Caroline gave. Was that in the last episode or the one before? Mm. Yeah, the last one. In the last episode. Yeah, where she's like, oh, well, Bonnie just doesn't want to see you right now, but it's not your fault, and, like, bad things always happen to Bonnie and whatever. And Elena's like, no, it is my fault. Like, Abby is a vampire because... Damon killed her mom to save my life. So that's all we hear of Bonnie in this episode. Yeah. And Caroline, our two favorite ladies are missing. Yeah. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. (laughs) Jinx. (laughs) And do they, oh, Elena gets a call, right? Yeah. Liz (laughs) dials Elena up because that's what just happens now. Yeah. It's not like the one phone call. It's like the sheriff will call your student whose couch you sleep on for on your behalf perfect and she's like what what's going on yeah and she like immediately runs right over to the multi-purpose municipal building founders flapjack hut slash law headquarters perfect oh man i really want a flapjack hut I, like, picture it having a thatch roof and, like, the best pancakes ever. Mm-hmm. All right. So good. You heard it here first. We're going to franchise. Yes. But she runs into Damon, who... Damon's on so much, like, every kind of his bullshit this week. He's yeah. like, I'm actively attempting to get you to hate me right now for stupid martyr reasons, so I'm going to do this really creepy squirrel impression for some reason. <laughs> Thank you for bringing up the squirrel impression. <laughs> Where does the squirrel yeah. thing come from? I was just, all I wrote was that he did his creepy squirrel impression. I don't know why he did the squirrel impression. He's just being a huge dick, but he's like <laughs> antagonizing and sassing Elena and like 
I think he says something along the lines of like, oh, like you're still mad like about Abby. Like maybe I should bring over a lasagna to her and Abby to like say that I'm sorry. And I don't know. He's just being a huge asshole. Yeah, he's like, you're welcome for saving you by doing this fucked up thing. And he winks when he says the thing about lasagna. Yeah. It's like, wow, Damon. No, he's being the worst. And Elena's pretty even-headed about it. She's just kind of like, listen, Damon, if you keep pushing everyone away, you're going to end up alone. He's like, oh, yes, that is my plan. Thank you for pointing it out. (laughs) Yep. So we leave the multi-purpose municipal building flapjack house and we go over to the boarding house where Stefan is clanking his gaudy ass ring off of a table and this continues throughout the episode it's weird it's annoying I was wearing a ring at work yesterday I usually do not wear any jewelry but Mm -hmm. it just seemed like the thing to do and I accidentally knocked it on my desk and I was like oh no I'm Stefan Oh, you're fighting the urge to drink was, human blood at work. It was so annoying the way that he was doing it the whole episode. And it was also, like, so over the top. It's, like, somebody who's, like, going through withdrawal and is twitching and, like, doing repetitive motions. Sure, I get that. But they wouldn't be, like, <laughs> like, I know, whacking his hand on the table, basically. Yeah, this reminded me. I feel like I've talked about Roswell on the podcast before, but it was, like, the only other like CW teen drama type show like Vampire Diaries that I've loved as much as Vampire Diaries. But there's this one character who gets like taken over and like impersonated by like an alien. And she does this like weird like finger tap thing like throughout a series of episodes and you just kind of like notice it in the background. And that's what this kind of reminded me of. So I thought that there might be something like more nefarious going on. Um, But no, it's just Stefan jonesing and and being annoying with clanking his ring off of things. I can't say this with 100% certainty because it's been a while, but I don't think there are ever aliens on this show. (laughs) That's That's the one thing. That's good to know. The but one again, there theme. might have been, and I just have repressed it. That's so funny. <sighs> but yes, he's literally tweaking, and like he has his diary open, and Damon decides to make a quip. He says, Dear diary, a chipmunk asked me my name today. I told him it was Joe. That lie will haunt me forever. <laughs> And I just remember, the. I actually remember watching this episode the first time and thinking that was so funny. I laughed. I thought it was pretty good. I still think it's funny, but I liked Damon more back then because I was less critical. Mm-hmm. But it, like, I remember very few specific lines from anything past the first two seasons. So the fact that I remember that so much really jumped out at me. But yes, that does seem like the kind of thing that uh, Stefan would write in his diary. Yeah. And Damon is, like, on, like, an outdoor rodent theme here with, like, the yeah, right? squirrels and the chipmunks and whatnot. He's like, horses have been getting way too much airtime on this show. I need to get our smaller creatures, our smaller mammals, it's their time in the spotlight. Chipmunks are the opposite of horses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, Stefan's writing in his diary, but... Damon decides that we need to move the plot along, and he's mm-hmm. like, listen, Stefan, the originals are gone, but now we have a good old-fashioned whodunit in town. So that kind of closes one door of the season and opens another one, I feel like. 
And it's so funny because this murder mystery has been going on for a while, but it's been like two whole episodes that nobody's talking about it at all. Right. <laughs> it's just like, oh, but the, the originals are having a ball. That's more important than the serial killer in town. <laughs> Way more important. But yes. There were dresses involved. <laughs> and elbow length gloves. And bloodletting ceremonies. Mm. But yes, Damon, this is kind of reminding me of when Damon just got really obsessed with the werewolves for no reason because he was bored in season two. He was like, I'm going to just antagonize Uncle Mason because I have nothing else to do with my time right now. Yeah, he like needs a hobby. Exactly. (laughs) I'm like, I'm sure you could join a basket weaving class at Municipal Founders Hall of Mirrors, whatever (laughs) But he's like, oh, do you do you remember when uh, we went to Zachariah's funeral? What year was that? And Stefan's immediately like, 1912. Because we might remember from his uh, first day in history class with Mr. Tanner. He's really good at remembering years. Oh, that's right. That's a fault. Shout back. Call shout back. back. Call I back. Like it. <laughs> what is a shout back? We don't know. And Stefan's, like, not really on board with this whole thing, but he does have a very good memory for years. He would do very well on Jeopardy, I think. I think so. But Damon locates Stefan's 1912 diary on the bookshelf, which leads me to suspect that Stefan's diaries spanning over a century are, like, on prominent display in the library in the Salvatore boarding house for anybody to read. Why are we not just having dramatic readings of these for LOLs constantly every episode? I know that was shocking to me as well. And I was like, there's probably a lot of crime information in these. I wouldn't right? be so cavalier as just having them like messily stacked on my old ass bookshelf. And if I was Elena, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to take a weekend and just read all of these because Stefan will never tell me any of this stuff himself. <laughs> this right? is the only way I'm going to know if he like is secretly my grandfather or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he could be. Probably with some greats before it, but... I know. Oof. But yeah, so Damon's like, ah, yes, 1912, the last time that Mystic Falls had a serial killer. Boom, boom, boom. And we enter our first flashback into 1912. I will say I feel like these flashbacks are the most historically inaccurate of any of the time periods. I don't know if I'm just being more critical um, on the flashbacks, but there are a couple of things that I will bring up as we talk about uh, the flashbacks that I got a good chuckle out of. I thought it was too modern the way that they were speaking a lot of the times. Oh, but, yeah. I bet Sage um, is secretly a time traveler. Oh, <laughs> I like that theory. She's not. I'm sorry. She's an alien time traveler. Uh, yes, we are in 1912. Damon is in the woods for some reason with everybody. Everybody's in. Why is everybody in the woods? Why is the graveyard in the middle of the woods, which is so confusing? It's like... Don't you have to clear the woods to, like, make space to dig the graves? I think so. It's very... It's a very weird set. But yes, they've arrived at Zachariah's funeral in the middle of the woods with the graveyard. And this is the same graveyard that they were at, like, a couple episodes ago where Elena got stomped, I think. Oh, right. Probably. Yeah. But it looks exactly the same. Yeah. A hundred years earlier. Oh, I think um, I said it was Damon in the woods, but it's Stefan. Sorry. Oh, yes. No, I don't know if you said Damon. But either way, one of the Salvatore brothers is in the woods and he's just kind of strolling around and he comes across Mariana Lockwood and Samantha Gilbert. 
who are attending the funeral as well. Yes, they're like, oh, Mr. Salvatore, you were a distant cousin of Zachariah, weren't you? Oh, actually, I'm his nephew slash uncle slash don't ask too many questions. (laughs) And Samantha Gilbert is like a real Debbie Downer. She's like, we must tell him the truth. He's a founding family. It is not safe to be us in these trying times, sir. Dark portents abound. Yes, and we know it's a very dark part of the episode because the creepy crow is back and it oh does a huge god. I was uh, so excited. Me too. I was like, the creepy crow! That was the truest flashback, like, blast from the past. The creep. I didn't think we ever saw the creepy crow again, but it got its moment in the creepy forest. <laughs> it did. And it did. Damon emerges dramatically after the crow and is yep. like... So, Stefan, did you kill him? Uh, Damon's hair looks so bad. He might be wearing a hat here, but we see it sooner rather than later. But his hair looks so, so stupid in this flashback. It's really a toss-up as to whether his hair looks more stupid, stupider, dumb and dumber, or if his little bowler hat looks stupider. Yeah, they're both bad. Every word that I just said, I mispronounced somehow, or it sounded very strange. I haven't had that much wine yet, I promise. I understood exactly what you said at all times. And that's why we're friends. <laughs> uh, yeah, so David's there, and now we're at the party having a good time. <laughs> yeah. So David and Stefan start having some banter around who actually killed Zachariah and referenced back to the killing of Giuseppe. Um, (laughs) But we can see that they're kind of in a bad place. And Stefan says to Damon, oh, I could see that you're still mad at me, brother. And Damon's like, why would I be mad that you turned me into a vampire and I have to live all of my days like walking around like this creature? And I don't want you to be a part of it. And Stefan is trying to, like, soften him up a little bit. And he's like, come on, brother. Let's go grab a drink. Let's catch up. And that was one of the times that I feel like that is not how people talked in 1912. Mm. I don't think that they probably said that they were grabbing a drink. And I feel like catch up, I don't know. Is that seems like sort of some recent colloquialisms? Not really the most historically accurate dialogue there, probably. Yeah. But then it cutely cuts to present day where Damon's like, hey, let's go get drunk. Which is yeah, slightly more modern drunk. way of saying it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he tells Stefan that he wants them to solve a murder mystery together. Dun, dun, dun. So then we get to go to our favorite place, the Mystic Grill. And <laughs> this I might be my favorite scene. part. <laughs> yes. Yes. Rebecca and Carol are having a nice ladies lunch. <laughs> And they're having a ridiculous conversation about the tree history of Mystic Falls. Mary Carol Lockwood has no questions about why Rebecca, an original vampire, is so interested in one specific tree. She's just like, oh, she's from Mystic Falls. We all love history so much. But it really reminded me of when Pearl took the OG Mary Lockwood, like uh, R.I.P., Werewolf Mayor Lockwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, they were at the grill and she was like, oh, tell me more about this apothecary that I definitely didn't own in 1864. <laughs> oh, yes. Right. Except that so funny. 
Mayor Carol Lockwood knows about all the vampire shit, and she knows that Rebecca is an original vampire, but she's just like, I love talking about history. It's my second favorite thing to do after hitting on this chick's brothers. So... <laughs> Uh, and yeah, so like Rebecca's asking all of these questions because she's trying to understand if the white oak tree is still around or like, I guess, right? So if the white oak tree is still around because she wants to know, know what happened to it, what happened to it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Carol Lockwood is like explaining to Rebecca that the Lockwood women have been responsible for keeping tree records for many 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 years. Are tree records a thing? I don't think so. This is insane. Because then and she's then, like, like, well this one specific tree you want probably got cut down. How do you think we got all these buildings? I'm like, well why you can't have it both ways. Like did they keep meticulous track of all the trees or were they just raising the whole place to build that clock tower? Right. It's so fun. It makes no sense. But luckily, Carol also tells Rebecca that the milling records were kept by the Salvatore family. Yes. yes. As if anyone would know this shit in modern day. It's just so funny. I guess she has 24 hours in a day that she's got to fill with something. (laughs) Uh, I wonder, Mayor Carol Lockwood is married, much like Sheriff Forbes, into a founding family. But I bet she's like a fell cousin or something. Yeah. Like fell is probably her maiden name. That's my new theory of the week. I like that. I agree. She's probably secretly Meredith Fell's aunt or something. But nobody talks about it because everybody in everybody in Mystic Falls is related to each other and it's very creepy. Yeah. For sure. But anyway, Rebecca is not being very subtle or like sneaky about this, but luckily Carol is an idiot. So the Salvatore bros come in and walk by and she and Damon make very sexy eye contact with each other. And she hears the thing about the mills and the Salvatores and she's like, I know what I'm doing with my afternoon. Yeah. And Damon and Stefan kind of start chatting over a bottle of whiskey. And I don't understand why at the grill they just give you a whole bottle of whiskey rather than like pouring you drinks like a normal bar. But I think if you're in a founding family, you get automatic bottle service at the grill. Oh, okay, I could see that. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Damon is starting to kind of tell Stefan that it's dangerous to go off of blood like cold turkey and he's like may i suggest moderation because he can tell that stefan's still like tweaking out a little bit and drinking to kind of take the edge off of his blood cravings a little bit and here's one of the other things that really bugs me about this episode is that stefan allegedly hasn't had human blood since the wickery bridge fundraiser which was at least Mm -hmm. a week ago like at the very least Right. And he's been fine the last couple episodes. Like, we have not seen him having any kind of cravings. He, like, wistfully looked at a, a glass full of blood in one of the recent episodes, but that was it. And now suddenly he, like, yeah. can't stop tapping his fin- his ring on the table. And it's, like, this huge problem. <laughs> and also, it doesn't make any sense that Damon wants him to do this halfway thing. Because it totally goes against, like, everything in the past where it was, like, the only way that Stefan can be good is if he does, like, the Lexi detox. Yeah, it is weird that it, like... That he's pushing for it so hard. Yeah, it's like, it just seems like it's totally out of nowhere. It's like Klaus having a crush on Caroline. They just decided, we're going to have this be a plot. And we're going to pretend it's been going on this whole time. Exactly. They needed to, like, move the story along in a way that they wanted to. So, yeah. Yep. 
It just very much bugged me. Usually I can just say, okay, whatever, I'm going with it. But I don't find this plotline interesting enough to, like, accept the shaky foundation. Yeah. Because I get it. I don't know. It's just, like, Stefan's problems with blood are not that interesting to me. I don't, that's, I don't have any follow-up to that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying. Like, it's, like, a lot of back and forth, like, He's a Rippa. No, he's a vegetarian vampire. No, he, you know, it's like yeah. back and forth and back and forth. Totally. But anyway, we leave those fools at the grill and we head back over to the old timey jail cell <laughs> where Alaric is either still being questioned by Sheriff Forbes or she left and she came back. Um, but she is strongly implying that Alaric is responsible for all of the founder council murders. And he's really not doing himself any favors here, though, because she's like, where were you the night that Brian, whatever the fuck his name was, was murdered? And he's like, I was at the Wickery Bridge fundraiser until midnight. And Sheriff Forbes was all like, Brian, whatever the fuck his name was, was killed at 3 a.m. And Alaric gets all like confused. And he's like, oh, well, I mean, I I must have been home sleeping at that time, I guess. Like, he's very like shadowy about it but also like if you asked me what i was doing at 3 a.m like three weeks ago i would be like probably asleep right yeah that's true but i also just love that he's saying like i don't have a motive for these especially like the self-stabbing and (laughs) liz is like oh well you witnessed the fight between meredith and her ex-boyfriend and she told you all about how Bill Forbes was being mean to her. I was like, you're listing motives for Meredith to kill these people. <laughs> like, how That's is true. this implicating Alaric more than Meredith? <laughs> and she shot him. <laughs> oh, it's just ridiculous. But Alaric's starting to get, like, confused and scared, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Then we head over to the grill, and Rebecca has ended her ladies' luncheon with Mayor Carol Lockwood and has joined Damon and Stefan at the bar and is asking a whole bunch of stuff about Mystic Falls and Zachariah. And she's just trying to get more information about what happened with that damn tree. Yes, and we get a very lovely bit of Salvatore trivia where she's like, oh, Zachariah, how is he related to you? So we have some really fun, but not fun, uh, Salvatore family trivia, where Damon's like, well, our dad Giuseppe, quote unquote, knocked up one of the maids. I'm not going to ask too many follow-up questions about that, because I have a new motto in 2022 that I'm not going to ask questions I don't want the answers to. And since we were dead, there was nobody to carry on the Salvatore family name. So they let this bastard Zachariah, or would it have been Zachariah or like Zachariah's dad? I don't know. But that's how Zachariah is a Salvatore. And is it yes. Zachariah or Zacharias? I feel like they said both. Oh, I, I wrote down Zachariah, but as we know, my notes don't necessarily mean that anything was said or happened in this episode. <laughs> I might have also just like written it both ways in my notes because I'm dumb. But yes. Rebecca is very interested in all this family history and she's just kind of like hanging around in the scene, like occasionally interjecting questions, trying not to draw too much attention to herself. Right. And it's really funny. And then the brothers are like, are you sure it wasn't you, bro? Nah, are you sure it wasn't you? And then we learn about a whole new character. 
Ah, yes. So they're kind of talking about how they never really solved the mystery of the first round of founders murders back in 1912, but there was another vampire in town at the time, even though it wasn't either of them who did the murders. Perhaps it was a vampire named Sage. Hmm. Flashback to 1912. There's a boxing ring. Another new set. <laughs> yes. What is this? Like some sort of old-timey fair or something? Like I, I bet don't know. Like this a- is like the original Founders mu- Municipal Party venue slash DMV slash <laughs> Bar Mitzvah Hall. Yes. And they've just built it up over the years. <laughs> But yeah, well, this whatever this thing is. <laughs> sassy redhead lady is punching some guy in the face, which usually I'd be down for, but spoiler alert, I do not care about Sage. Yeah. And I had to look this up to make sure I was remembering it right, but in the same year, although later in the year, Gossip Girl also introduced a new character named Sage who also was kind of unbearable. Oh. And I just remember being like, oh, no more Sages. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Must have been a popular name at the time. I guess so. But yes, Sage is a lady boxer. She says she'll pay $100 to any man who can best her or beat her or whatever. And she yeah, makes and flirty see... eye contact with Damon. Exactly. I was I was going to say that Damon seems like he's in love with her like the very second that he sees her. He gets all like face bonery, but not in a vampire way, mm. just in kind of like a dopey way. Yep. And yeah, and she like walks up to him after like her fight and was like, hey, like, what's your name? Are you a gambler? And then she puts $100 down his pants. I was very confused by this. Why did she put money in his pants? I was too until you just said that she bet anyone $100 that or that she would give a man $100 if, like, he could beat her or whatever. So I think that she was like tempting him to get into the rink with her maybe. But then she gave him the money. He can just leave and he doesn't even have to fight her. Ugh, that's a good point. It just seems like she was trying to be sexy by putting her hands down his pants. Yeah. But <laughs> it did not make any sense at all to me. But I did enjoy like their historical accuracy of this very old-fashioned looking $100 bill. I was like, did money ever look like that? It must have. Somebody must have yeah. done some research and been really proud of this prop. Yeah. It definitely looked different. Yeah. <laughs> But Damon's like, oh, I'm intrigued, but I am still in love with Catherine, so I don't care. I'm not a gambling man. Yeah, and then we get some, like, flash forwards and flashbacks, like, throughout the next, like, part of the episode. Um, And Damon and Stefan are kind of talking about, like, do you think it could have been Sage who actually killed Zachariah, Zacharias? And Stefan's like, yeah, you know, it must be because they questioned literally every man in Mystic Falls and it wasn't any of them. And it probably never occurred to the sheriff or the counselor, whoever the hell, that it could have been a woman. Yes. And as we'll see in a later scene, those attitudes have not changed so much in the last hundred years (laughs) for for some people. So true. But... Yes, we have a little bit of Stefan, I think, in the 1912 flashback, just to establish that he's not drinking human blood right now, and he's being very superior about it, because that's his jam. Oh, yes, that's right. But then we go to modern day, Elena confronts (laughs) Meredith, who's uh, walking into work, and 
Meredith has this line here. She's like, I'm not, I, I'm busy. Like, I have to get to work. So if you're going to make your case against Alaric, make it quick. Like, she says something about making a case against Alaric. And I'm like, that's the opposite of what you mean, right? Yes? I don't remember her exact wording, but... Yeah, she does, like, she comes on strong to Elena, saying something like that, for sure. And Elena's like, I just know in my heart that he's innocent, because, like, we're tight, he's my family. And also because it makes no logical sense, even though it turns out <laughs> to maybe be true. But Meredith is, like, a whole different character this week. It's like, secretly, she's been investigating this the whole time, and now she's, like spilling all the deets she's like do you really know anything about Alaric did you know he was arrested four times for fighting before he turned 21 did you know that his wife Isabel had two restraining orders against him and I'm like none of that has anything to do with like the reasons that you suspect that he did these murders right I know. like if you were accusing him of just like being a psychopath or like a really violent dude then sure but like your whole theory is that for magical reasons he's been compelled to make these murders so that has nothing to do with any restraining orders from his ex-wife yeah yeah meredith is like coming on super strong here to elena and she's like listen just because you're like your guardian is a borderline alcoholic vampire hunter doesn't mean that he's not dangerous and responsible for these murders and she says, Elena's like, damn. She says, you date vampires, Elena. It shouldn't come as a shock that your guardian is a murderer. I'm like, A and B are not connected here. No, not at all. It's like, I could say, Elena, you date vampires, so you shouldn't be surprised that there's a fish in your handbag. Like, <laughs> what the hell, Meredith? I know. Ugh. Yeah, and, like, Elena's still, like, trying to stick up for Alaric, and she's like, listen, Meredith, you know that he didn't murder anyone. And Meredith just kind of, like, sasses her back, and she's like, listen, it's probably hard to learn that your guardian is a murderer, but he is. Yep. And she goes to, like, illegally inject un-FDA-approved substances into some more unsuspecting patients. Uh, yep. All right, Meredith. <laughs> and then we go back yeah. to the grill where we do Rebecca wants to party she wants to get crunk but Damon's like this is a boys only night out and you're not invited sorry Rebecca but Rebecca's yeah, like I have more questions about trees wait <laughs> no. I wrote Watts convo about the mills <laughs> <laughs> tell me about your great grand nephew's <laughs> milling records no reason. Times. <laughs> it's just for sex reasons. Nothing to see here. I love wood. <laughs> and then we go to our new, like, biggest pairing dyan dynamic duo of Matt and Elena, who are just always hanging out now for some reason. Yeah, they and spend a lot of time together in this episode. And currently they're spending it by breaking into Meredith's so, like such shitty apartment that Alaric was really shading last yeah. time. So and we know it. it's super messy because it has one Chinese takeout container on <gasps> the desk with like chopsticks in it. Oh my god. <laughs> what a slob. Put her on hoarders. <laughs> but yeah, they've broken in there and they're there because they want to find some evidence that 
Rick is innocent. Yeah. And maybe that Meredith is responsible for all the murders. I don't I don't know exactly what they were going for, but they thought that they could disprove the fact that Rick was the murderer. And luckily, Elena knows that Meredith is a fell, and the fells were a founding family, and everybody in the founding families has a murder closet somewhere in their house. <laughs> like, if it's not a cache of weapons, then it's, like, a library of old journals with a lot of, like, information on murders, or in this case, it's some medical, like, incriminating medical files. So good. Yeah. So she, like, busts into the closet and, like, they just move this light panel away and they find that box of medical records. And it's Alaric, it's Bill's, and it's Brian's. So it's the three murdered peoples. Yeah. And Matt notices. Well, this is, like, the smartest Matt has ever been. Is like, he gets a gold star for this week. He's like, what time did, did Sheriff Forbes say that... The medical examiner was killed? That's not what it says on this piece of paper from somebody, somebody, somebody who... Yeah. Like Detective Matt. Matt. Good job. (laughs) Way to go, Matt. Pinch his little cheeks. (laughs) And then I feel like we don't even have to do Wire Men this week. We just need to recap this one moment (laughs) in the episode. Oh my gosh, yes. So we're back at the grill where... Damon, Stefan, and Rebecca have started up a game of darts. Or maybe just Stefan and Damon are playing and Rebecca's just kind of like hanging out. Yeah. And they start talking again about Sage in 1912 and if she could have actually murdered a man. Is it Sage they're talking about? I only wrote the horrifying quote, but not the context. I wrote Sage 1912 and then no way... A woman could have murdered, but it would not make a lot of sense. Yeah, because she was a vampire. Established that she could have. Yeah, but as, for some reason, in some context, Damon says she's a woman. There's no way she could stab two or sorry, three grown men. I think he might be talking about oh. Meredith. Yeah, who, who, you're who right. he hella oh. suspected very recently, by the way. But now he's like, fragile lady hands cannot hold a knife. They don't have the the grip strength necessary. Oh, yes. yes, it was Meredith, because okay. directly after I wrote this quote, I just wrote in all caps, She stole your blood, Damon! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, like, so ridiculous. He's like, there's no way! But, no, he got attacked and literally stabbed by her with a needle. Yeah. But stabbed nonetheless. But she couldn't have stabbed all these humans with her frail lady hands. And... Rebecca then pops in, catches the dart that Damon was throwing. It was like, excuse me, that's a bit sexist. Yes, Rebecca, come through. Yeah, and Rebecca's like, listen, women can easily kill men if they have, like, the right motive. Yeah. And there's some point, maybe when they first started talking about Sage, but also here in, like, several times throughout these flashbacks, Rebecca's like, oh, I knew a trashy bitch named Sage. Yeah. It's like, yes, there's only been one woman named Sage throughout history. So definitely it's the same one. <laughs> definitely. But yes. I don't I did not write very many notes for this scene, but I know something happens. Yeah, so then Rebecca um kind of turns her attention away from Damon and over to Stefan and she's like, Hey Stefan, like why are you like so grumpy? What's going on with you? Mm. And Damon again reiterates the fact that Stefan's being super self-righteous because he's not drinking blood and 
Rebecca's like, hmm, I think that you were more fun in the 1920s. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which he which he was, probably. I liked those episodes when they were together. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. I mean, I don't condone murder, but it makes for better television. It does. <laughs> but then Damon and Rebecca take turns doing dramatic readings of passages from Stefan's diary, which I also loved. <laughs> it's like... He's, it's like some entry he's written about Damon is, is lost in the darkness <laughs> because so good. in 1912 he really wanted to get Damon on his bandwagon of not drinking human blood mm. and anybody who's watched the earlier episodes this season is like well by the 1920s he was ripping up the town with Klaus and Rebecca so like what happened right hmm. and Possibly my favorite, well, one of my top five favorite moments of the episode is in this next flashback when we see Damon drinking a lady and Sage is like, oh, what an amateur. You're not doing it right. You should take pleasure or women are not just for drinking or for food. They are for pleasure. And Damon says, I don't need a woman for pleasure. Yes. And I'm going to ignore the fact that there's any more words in this line because I'm like, Confirmed Damon bisexual. <laughs> there we go. But yes, he's being all broody about like, oh, I'm spoken for. I have this girlfriend who's locked in a tomb and so I have to not fuck for a hundred years. It's no big deal. And Sage so is like, yeah. uh, look, I'm going to teach you the secrets of spotting a horny ass bitch from 50 meters. Let's go watch this... these ladies at the boxing ring. This is so wild and gross. <laughs> <laughs> that could be the subtitle of this whole show. <laughs> it really could. It really could. Uh, so yeah, like Sage takes Damon under her creepy wing and they walk <laughs> into the wrestling match or the boxing match or whatever the hell. And they're scoping out the crowd, watching all of the ladies' reactions to the fights. And... I guess, like, Damon is drawn to a couple of women who are, like, actively cheering for the match. And they're more and... scantily clad. Yeah, but, oh my god, it's, like, not that scanty, scantily clad. It's like, For 1912. I guess, yeah. So, Sage is like, no, those, like, aren't the women that you want. You want those women over there who are, like, more conservatively dressed they're the ones that are going to want to be seduced and like beg for sex and like whatever. She's going on and on and on about it. They're secret horn dogs, the sweetest fruit one can find. <laughs> and if they actually aren't as much of a horn dog as you think they are from this weird advice, just rape them. It's cool. Yeah. Does she say something like take what you need or take what you want? Or just like, like force them or like. Yeah. It's not cool. I didn't love it. No. I did not. Oh, yeah. She says, you're a vampire. Take it. That's yeah. what she says. Ugh. Rough. Oh, Sage. Not making a great first impression. And and is it Samantha Gilbert who they, he kind of, like, locks his eyes on here? It's either her or Mariana Lockwood. They both kind of look yeah. the same. Like They did. Big-eyed brunettes. Old-timey twins. Yeah. It's hard to tell because in the first scene with them, Samantha was wearing a hat. Yeah. So who knows what her face looked like. 
Uh, so also not doing great things for Sage's reputation is this uh, moment we flash forward to where Rebecca mentions again, like, oh, yeah, that sounds like the Sage I knew. And they're like, how did you know Sage? And she's like, oh, she was obsessed with my stupid brother, Phil, 900 years ago. Uh, I'm like, it. okay, out of all of the originals, you're obsessed with Phil. I'm sorry, I'm not, not a fan. Well for your... Yes, exactly. That does like, not bode well for my opinion of your decision making. <laughs> like, even if you were into Cole, he sucks, but at least he's cuter <laughs> and has a personality. I... Yeah. I mean, I don't know what Phil, Phil was like 900 one. years ago, but it doesn't seem like he would be Sage's type. But Although she was kind of drawn to Damon, even if she was taking her under taking him under her creepy wing and he was kind of like a secret horn dog yeah i think everybody was just like horny for each other and yeah i wasn't really none of it was my ship yeah but yes stefan is back back on his ring tapping bullshit damon's like enough bro enough but we have to cut back to our favorite crime duo matt and elena uh yes so they're going through yeah we left them going through the box and they kind of paging through alark's info um like you said matt found the letter from the county coroner um, that has the different death time that they had previously discussed Mm -hmm. and they also see a old journal um, that's in, I guess, in with the medical records, or maybe it's sitting on her desk or something. I don't know. They're all in the same banker's box, I think. Okay, yeah, they're all. The same, it probably has like a label on it box. that says "stuff I don't want other people to see." Do not open if you are not a fell. Uh, yeah, exactly. And like, I don't know. Do they open it and like chat about it here? I think they or... just see that it's a Gilbert journal. Okay, yeah. I don't know so if they, they know see any Gilbert of the contents. Journal. But then right. they hear Meredith arriving home and like the key is in the lock she's taken off her coat oh no let's hide in this closet and it's gonna be like probably sexy on paper but just kind of uncomfortable in reality i felt were they trying to give us vibes claire i don't know i felt like because like elena puts her finger to matt's lips to shush him at some point but there was no chemistry between them so i don't know what they were going for yeah, like, I, I cannot tell what the show is trying to do. I feel like they've been trying to, like, drop hints ever since Klaus said that he wanted Elena to marry Matt and have children. They've, like, put them in some, like, kind of compromising situations like this a few times, but the vibes are are weird. I can't really say anything about it because I know where they're going with this. Okay. So I'm not going to say anything. I gotcha. Okay, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, But yeah, they're hiding in the closet. They're very nervous. But it sounds like Meredith leaves again. So they kind of breathe a sigh of relief and open the door. But you know Meredith is just standing right outside that closet door once they open it. Yeah, and I'm like, man, you should have at least, like, counted to 100. She just shot a lark, like, yesterday. (laughs) Right? You don't want to be popping out of her closet, surprising her. (laughs) Right. He was just standing there and she shot him. Have some sense of self-preservation, Elena. Yes. uh, We go back to Founders Vacation Rental Timeshare where Liz is very mad at Matt and Elena. She's like, do you know how much I'm already protecting the two of you and now you go and do this? And they're like, but we're teen detectives. We're so cute. 
And we found oh, this wait. piece of paper that says Alaric isn't a serial killer. <laughs> my favorite part in this scene is that Elena is like, we had no right. It's like, what? That's like your excuse or that's your explanation. It's just so funny because she just, it sounded so dumb. She's like, we had no right to break and enter someone's home to look for evidence. Like, of course, Elena. But I know Alaric's innocent. Blah, 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 blah. And they tell her about, like, the time of death thing. And she's like, yeah, I know. Meredith just came and gave me this thing 20 minutes ago. So we already were, like, past this. And you falsely accused her of being a trifling hoe. (laughs) Yeah, this part confused me. But I, yeah. The whole thing with the paper, (laughs) again, doesn't make any sense. I feel like the whole plot between... Meredith and Alaric and everything that happens between them in this episode could have been one scene, but they decided yeah. to make it like have all of these twists and turns that don't make any sense that make us, you know, on community when they're doing like the conspiracy theory episode and yeah. it's like everybody is getting fake shot with the prop guns and it's like <laughs> a thousand twists and turns for no reason, but like on purpose yes. and in a funny way, this is just like, we needed to fill time. <laughs> so we have to have this oh you thought this but actually that but actually that but actually that the first thing but then the second thing oh my gosh I know but anyway very convoluted yeah but yeah poor Sheriff Forbes overworked and underpaid she's very stressed yeah and meanwhile Stefan and Damon and Rebecca have left the grill mm-hmm Stefan's maybe paying the bill or something because Damon's like, look, we got to get him off the wagon and you're going to help me, Rebecca. Let's, I can tell from afar, probably because of Sage's 1912 advice that this lady is a secret horn dog who will not find it creepy when I zoom up into her face and say, you're very pretty. She'll just be like, oh, thank you for invading my personal space and coming out of nowhere in the dark. I'm so jazzed about this turn of events. That, like was so weird because that was, was never so happen. weird it, it would never happen in real life like if a man did that to me i would be reaching for my pepper spray so fast not engaging in like like flirting banter oh yeah it was just like again i felt like we were about to watch a porn like this yeah. is the porn parody of what would happen in a darkened street at night i know oh my gosh but he's like you're about to have a very bad time, but you're not going to yell about it because of compulsion. And then he bites her. Yeah. So then Stefan comes out because he's all settled up the tab and he sees that Damon's like feeding on her and he's like, what are what are you doing, Damon? And Damon has this like weird plan. So he's basically forcing Stefan to drink this woman's blood. And he says that he needs to do it because moderation is the only way. And he goes so far as to say, like, if you don't drink this woman's blood, I'm going to kill her. Like, you have to drink her blood in order to save her. Like, what he says is he's going to have blood... Rebecca kill her. Because oh, once again, her. Rebecca is just like this entity out in the wings that a man can give permission to do murders but she can't yeah. do it on her own. I'm like, why is this the second week in a row that Rebecca is, like, waiting for permission to, to murder somebody? Yeah, that is What weird. the hell? 
I know. But she's uh, like, oh, this is getting boring. And she's about to beat on the lady. But then Stefan's like, no. And he very dramatically drinks her. Yes. He has, uh, I wrote, an extended face boner because he's kind of like snarling like for a minute because he's yeah. not sure if he wants to do it. But he finally like succumbs to the temptation. There's <sighs> a lot of like close ups on Stefan's face boner. And like, yeah, the lighting, as you said, is different. Like the way that he's lit, it makes it look like the blood is black. So it's like he has yeah. diarrhea coming out of his mouth or something. <laughs> Ew. I know. Like it looks like mud. Yeah. Not it blood. does look it's it weird. looks gross. But Stefan's like super into it. Like once he starts feeding, it's kind of like he can't control himself and Damon's kinda kinda gotta like pull him off of her. He's like, You don't wanna bleed or dry. All right, man, like stop. And then he pulls the woman off of him and then he offers her his own blood so that she can like heal up from the attack yeah and she immediately is like "Mm, yummy give me more like yeah we've seen in the past like people don't know necessarily that this is gonna heal you but she's just like well i've just been viciously attacked and now this guy has a wound on his wrist i think i would like to drink that right as i'm bleeding out like this woman makes no sense (laughs) no none at all nothing she does has any logic behind it at all (laughs) and this is super poor timing because (laughs) elena and matt i guess have just gotten out of their interview with sheriff forms and they're walking up and elena's like what are you guys doing and stefan turns around and shows his diarrhea face (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (sighs) and yeah Elena and Matt just look fucking horrified. Yeah. And of course, Damon like chimes in and he's like, listen, Elena, don't make this more dramatic than it has to be. The the hilarity of a Salvatore saying that. Right. I know. Uh, but yeah, Stefan looks like all ashamed and Matt is like, come on, Elena, like, let's go. And he kind of like ushers her away and like does a protective stance over her. And Elena is like disproportionately shocked. It's she doesn't know that Stefan hasn't been drinking human blood for all this time. And like she was recently accusing him of every murder in town. Like, but now because they had like one nice conversation recently, she's like, he could never do such a thing. Yeah, I thought it seemed a little weird that she reacted so strongly. Like, you're right, because he was just like being a ripper like two days ago. I mean, things move quick in Mystic Falls, but. I'm getting whiplash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. And then we have this really serious scene at Elena's house between her and Matt. I feel like this was kind of a, like a turning point in the whole series so far. It was interesting. Like they laid some things out in a way that yeah. I don't, I didn't remember this scene. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like it's a good scene. Well, I'm just like, why is it Matt? Why isn't she having this conversation with Bonnie? I know, that's a really good point. But first we have to set aside the fact that Matt made fake tea for the both of them. And it's clearly like an empty mug that they're fuddling with because Elena's like literally like tipping hers over and like shaking it around. And like there is no liquid in those cups at all. But yeah, they're settled down at the table and they start a pretty serious conversation because Matt's kind of like, Elena, like, how could you be with these guys? Yeah, like, I don't get it. 
Yeah. Please explain your boner. And Elena starts talking about after her parents died and she met Stefan, like as surprising as it may sound, being with Stefan actually felt safe because she knew that he was never going to leave her or stop loving her because he literally can't die. And that was like so depressing to hear and very, very sad. And it's also, like, more insight onto Elena's thing where it's, like, she doesn't worry about her. Like, she felt safe with him not because of her own personal safety, but because he could never leave her. Like, she wasn't worried about her own life because she was constantly in danger from being with him. But it's always this thing where, like, the thing she fears most in the world is the people that she loves dying. Yeah. And, like, she doesn't care about her safety that much. Right. I'm like, well, that's pretty self-aware, Elena. Yeah. And I feel like this is the first time that she's actually, like, acknowledged, like, how fucked up everything is, like, between her and Stefan and Damon. Yeah. So. But then. Yeah. (laughs) Unintentional hilarity happens when Matt's like, well, what about Damon? And Elena says, Damon just sort of snuck up on me. I'm like, (laughs) literally several times. (laughs) Yes, that is true. In your bedroom. But also I see, yes, you mean figuratively. Yeah. She says that she just can't shake him. She doesn't get why, whatever. It's like, you can just say, he's hot. It's, you know, you don't need more reasons. He's hot and he's obsessed with you. Like, that has a certain allure. Definitely. And she already went into this whole emotional thing with uh, her explanation about Stefan. So I think, yeah, the hot and obsessed with me thing is good enough for me, too. I mean, especially as a teenager. Right. Matt is just kind of casually like, oh, well, when you fall in love with somebody, like, I don't think you ever really shake them, which is like serving two purposes here because it's like you're in love with Damon, which she does not contradict. And Mm -hmm. I was in love with you and I never really shook it. Yeah. And she's like, is this awkward? Is it? She asked him if it's weird to talk about this with him since they used to bone. He's like, no, it's not weird at all. I just want to be your bro. Yeah. And also, I stole this Gilbert journal while the dumbass <laughs> sheriff's deputy was doing something else, tying his shoes or whatever. Yes. This belongs to your family, Elena. I got this for you. It's so weird that he says, I got you something. I'm like, I went to the store and bought this family early. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck, Matt? Uh, I know. Yeah. And then... Their conversation starts winding down because Alaric walks into Elena's house and Elena runs over to him and gives him a big old hug. So he's released from jail. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that it was around this time that Matt Davis, the actor who plays Alaric, started tweeting fan fiction about Alaric and Elena being a couple. Oh, no. Like the fan fiction that he himself wrote. Which I thought Wait, was hilarious what? at the time. Oh, I thought you meant like he was like retweeting fans. No, fan he was like making Twitter threads of Elena Alaric fanfic. And at the time wow. I was like, oh, that's so funny. Like he's joking. But now knowing what I know about Matt Davis and what a dirtbag he is in real life, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Wow. Because like there's that's a lot cool. of affection between Alaric and Elena in this season that's supposed to be like familial. Yeah, he was like, I ship myself with the teenage protagonist of this show. Gross. So uh, that's a little time capsule for you. Things I yeah. remember from when 
the show was originally on the air. Womp womp. Wow. There's something I wish I didn't know. (laughs) I think we were on hiatus when the big Twitter smackdown happened between him and Paul Wesley, where (laughs) Paul Wesley, like, dragged him over something, and it was great. Oh, yeah, I vaguely remember this. I think it was sometime during COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Paul Wesley, I keep meaning to bring this up and forgetting that he got cast as Captain Kirk on, like, a Star Trek TV show. I saw that. I think somebody messaged that on Instagram to us. And that's oh, really? how I found out about it. Yeah, they are like, this is relevant to your interests. Oh, so I like, missed this that. This is an important update. I need to look at <laughs> yeah. our Instagram messages. But uh, yeah, I was like, okay, I'm into it. Like, that's a really good uh, get for you, Paul Wesley. Yeah. Because is he in anything else, Claire? <laughs> Not that I mean, I've, I've seen. Yeah, no, same here. The only things I've seen Paul Wesley in are The Vampire Diaries and the one episode of The O.C. okay. Where he shoots Luke because he's from the wrong side of the tracks and Ryan invites him to a party. Oh, okay, yes. So we had just said that Alaric got back to Elena's house. And then I think at that point we jump over to the boarding house where Stefan is stewing in front of the giant fireplace. Yeah, he's in, like, a music video pose in front of the fire, like, silhouetted yeah. against the flames. Yeah. Like, I have so, so many emotions. Feeling... Right, he's feeling all sad bastardy about the fact that Elena caught him drinking blood and that he probably didn't want to drink that blood in the first place. And, of course, Damon waltzes in a moment later, and he's like, well, they let Rick go. <laughs> He's. He also says something like, I know it doesn't feel like it, but you did a really good job not murdering that lady tonight. I mean, I had to stop you from murdering that lady, but you didn't murder her. So good job. Gold star. Yeah, that was weird. And then we have to see, like, what, like, we're thinking, what is Damon's standard for what would be a good job in this situation? Oh, right. Let's go back to 1912, where Damon's like, remember what happened last time you said you didn't need my help? Last time I tried to make you drink human blood. And we get this terrible scene of basically Damon doing the same goddamn thing that he did this time, but with Mariana Lockwood. And he's like, listen, my new girlfriend Sage is really hot. And she told me that all of these buttoned up ladies secretly want us to fuck and kill them. So totally do it right now. And we can be vampire bros, which I apparently want right now for plot reasons. Yeah, and it's super... I did not like this scene, so Stefan is, like, feeding on... It is Mariana? Yeah. Um, Like, super voraciously and, like, aggressively, and he, like, snaps her neck in a moment of passion, I guess you would call it. The way that they show it is really confusing, because there's, like, a popping sound effect, but it doesn't, like, look like anything happened. But he actually, like, bit her, bit through her neck and her head came off. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, so I guess snapping the neck isn't the right way to put it. Like, he beheaded her. Yeah. But, like, he, like, picks up her head and, like, tries to put it back on her body. And he's like, like, oh, my God, like, I'm so sorry. Uh, That scene, honestly, I feel like was, like, the grossest one in the whole series so far. Yeah, and it's kind of seeing what we heard about at the beginning of this season where... Ripper Stefan was notorious for, like, feeling really guilty about his murders afterwards and trying to put the bodies back together. Oh, that's right. And put the so heads back on. I think I this is, like, his Ripper that. origin story because Damon's like, and within ten years you were known as the Ripper of Monterey. And then all that shit happened with Klaus and Rebecca in the 20s. 
But yeah, Damon's all like, I've watched you like go over the edge one time and I didn't stop you then because I really didn't want to. But I'm not going to let that happen to you again because I want to help you. And, and I'm going to be there every time to make sure you don't go too far because I have yeah. literally nothing else in my life right now because I've decided to give you Elena. Yeah, that is what he says. He's like, right now, you're all that I have. And, like, Damon gets, like, kind of choked up. And I feel like we're supposed to feel, like, super, like, sympathetic for Damon here. All I'm feeling is confused. Impressed by their love. or I don't know. But I, you're right. I, like, hmm. I'm like, okay, so. seem authentic. You just told me this whole flashback about how you pulled this plan in 1912 and it led to decapitation and Stefan going on a horrible murder binge for, like, over a decade but you decided tonight i'm just gonna try the same thing but maybe like try to be slightly more involved slightly more of a helicopter brother and then it'll totally be cool and it'll work like what is damon's thinking here like none of this makes any sense yeah i feel like now that i'm talking over the episode with you i am being more recognizing of like the fast plot holes or just like lack of continuity (laughs) it's like nothing really changes in this episode except for the alaric stuff but we have to like take a long walk to get to the same place we started yep it's really stupid but anyway (laughs) stefan and damon are having their bro feelings once again and also having a lot of feelings are alaric and elena Alaric's like, listen, I heard all about all the like B and E's you did for me and all that. I don't want you breaking the law on my behalf. Like I'm the dad here. Or if I were myself in real life tweeting, I'm the daddy here. Oh. And Elena says something like, if not for you, then for who? And I'm like, is this Dr. <laughs> Seuss all of a sudden? <laughs> you need a rhyme. That's funny. And Elena says they should take care of each other. And I'm like, you're not Pierce. Just putting that out there. You're not Pierce. Yeah. So unhealthy. And meanwhile, Elena is also reading Samantha's journal. Right. And Rick is kind of like chatting with her about it. And she's like, yeah, you know, it started off okay. But it seems like she's slowly going crazy and losing herself in the writing. And the way they show that is, like, they keep showing close-ups of the pages where she's just, like, written words on top of words. I'm like, maybe she just ran out of paper. (laughs) Or it was, like, she didn't want people to be able to read her diary in a hundred years. Like, it seems like quite a leap. Like, she wrote things and obscured her other words. Clearly she went insane. (laughs) Who knows? I can't think about it too long because then we get this hilarious shot of Damon sadly playing the piano by himself. Yes, and drinking. Yes. Oh, <laughs> kitty. Yes, we have a kitten guest. You may hear him meow on our Satirious! Long time, bro. Yeah, so Damon's <laughs> drinking and lamenting at the piano and Stefan, I don't know if he's talking about something before this, but he's like, Listen, I went into the archive, which I think is just the name for the disorganized the bookshelf. bookshelf where he threw all of his diaries. <laughs> I wanted to give grandiose names to like my disorganized storage areas in my home. Like, oh yes, yes the catacombs. <laughs> the archive. Oh, the like... Library of Congress. 
god. And he's like, you know, they never did figure out like what happened to the first batch of Founders murders, but they did receive a confession 10 years later um, that Samantha was actually the one doing the killing. And then she ended up going into an insane asylum. And Damon's like, well, that's very interesting because I definitely murdered her before that happened. <laughs> right, right. So something's going on here. And they're like, ah, yes, it was the Gilberts who had the gaudy ass rings. It's all starting to make sense now. Yes. And with this scene, then we like kind of intercut this scene with what's going on over at Elena's house. Um, Meredith has arrived at the door to see Alaric. And this scene is also confusing. So basically Mm -hmm. she tells Alaric that she's there because she's so worried about him and she wants to help him and she wants to try and protect him. And she lets him know that she forged the new coroner's note so that she could free Alaric. And if he would just let her in, then she would be able to explain everything. Yes. And he's like, he says something like, you're crazy. And she says, no, but I think you might be. (laughs) Like smooth transition, Meredith. Yes. And like, let's look at this this timeline of events from Meredith's point of view. So Alaric gets bonked on the head by an original and she brings him back to her house in case he has a concussion. He falls asleep. She falls asleep. He's going through her stuff. She comes in the kitchen and sees him with a knife. She shoots him. Then some amount of time later, she heals him with vampire blood. At no point in this was he any kind of threat to her. Then... She brings all of this evidence to Sheriff Forbes, like, this guy is definitely the murderer for all of these reasons. Here are his motives. Here are the reasons why I think that he did it. And she convinces Sheriff Forbes that this is totally legit. And then about 20 minutes later, she forges a letter from some official that's like, actually, we got the time of death wrong. And then she brings it to the police and is like actually i was wrong i'm so sorry alaric did not murder these people then that night she goes to alaric's house and is like listen i know that you're crazy and you murdered these people but i shot you and then healed you and then got you arrested and then got you out of jail also that i could say i think you're sick and this isn't totally your fault but you are a murderer and i want to help you there are so many steps in that that did not need to happen Wow, I, I am shook at that explanation, but that's exactly what happened. Again, this could have been one scene of, we could have gone to that moment last episode where he found the knife and she walked in on him. It could have been like, hey, I know this is weird, but I found out some stuff about you. And I think that because of this thing that happened in 1912, you might be the murderer because of your ring. But no, we had to have this whole episode of all this random bullshit <laughs> just to get where we could have in two sentences. Yep. And that is my beef with this episode of the Vampire Diaries. And if it was like, wow. if this were a plot line where Elijah was in the Meredith role, I would not have minded one bit, but I do not like <laughs> Meredith that much. Yeah. So I can't get on board. I do not know where to go from that explanation. I'm still reeling at how insane it is. Well, Uh, luckily, at the same time that Meredith is explaining Alaric's murder to him, 
Elena is noticing some key phrases that weren't scribbled over in Samantha Gilbert's journal, like, I'm losing time. I think I'm going mad. Blah, 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 blah. I am a serial killer because of my ring, probably. And she comes in and she's like, Alaric, I think Meredith's right. (gasps) Wow. And then we get our very last flashback, which is going right back to the beginning of the episode when R.I.P. Zachariah slash Zacharias Salvatore getting stabbed and we see oh my god Damon hold on to your butt it was a lady wow who would have thought it was Samantha Gilbert stabbing Zachariah with the gaudy ass ring on oh shit wow and that's where it ends so Beth tell me your thoughts about this whole thing I'm very curious. It's been so long since I saw it for the first time that I've already cycled through all the emotions and thoughts that are possible. Yeah. So I love the flashback episodes. I know that this one like had a super problematic character appear and like with some super gross stuff. However, I don't know. I just feel like the flashback episodes are so fun. So it has. We did get Damon's silly hat. Yes. And this is a year that we haven't been to before, I think. So that was kind of fun, even if it was not historically accurate, in my (laughs) opinion. It could have been, and I could be wrong, but I don't think that I am. Um, I was super shocked by the Alaric thing. Super, super shocked. I felt like something weird was going on when he was in prison at the beginning of the episode. I thought that Sheriff Forbes was being, like, sneaky, and I thought that she might have been compelled and, like, maybe Meredith was a vampire. I don't know. I, like, was Mm -hmm. heading more in, like, that direction than thinking that it was Alaric. But... I was kind of like, oh my God, like once it was announced or revealed at the end of the episode. So I feel like after having talked over (laughs) with you, um, I'm a bit more skeptical than I was um, at the beginning of the episode here, just because there is like a lot of banana shit that like got us from point A to point B. It's like very like ring-esque, right? Like, uh, (laughs) like, what's that? fucking movie and book that's like a timeless classic what? uh the hobbit the <laughs> hobbit i thought you yes. meant the ring yeah that's i knew that's why i was like no i need to keep talking here because we think i was really interested to see where you were going with that comparison no it's like the it's like the fucking hobbit and like the ring is like destroying you and like so Alaric's like Gollum. i have not seen or yeah. read those stories Good for you. I had too many nerd boyfriends to not have to sit through all of those movies and listen to them talk about it throughout my youth. Lord of the Rings. Gollum. Lord of the Rings. Not the ring. Not the Hobbit. Lord of the Rings. Okay. I guess it could be like seven days after you watch this video, you'll die. Seven deaths after you put on the slave savior rings, you become a serial killer. (laughs) Yes. Uh Oh, yeah, there's just, this line, like, how many times can you die before it changes you? I'm yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, I feel like this is retcon. It wasn't changing anybody before. I know. Like, it's also, is Jeremy Gilbert, like, off in Colorado serial killing? That's what I was thinking. Like, what's going to happen to Jeremy? I feel like that's going to end up being a subplot. Or maybe not. Probably the writers will forget about I genuinely in, don't like, remember. Another two episodes or so. <laughs> I will say this episode did have the lack of Jeremy still going for Mm -hmm. it. Did they write him off the show? 
we are probably not so lucky. But... I don't do spoilers, but I cannot let you blindly walk through life hoping for something that beautiful. Jeremy will be okay. back at some point. Okay, that's what I figured, but I was hopeful. I but know. Thank you for thank you for warning me I so that I can prepare myself for when for it the eventually future, happens. The future. Ugh, I know I could picture his face when he like strolls back into the episode, uh, and I I just don't want to go there. Elena, what I miss? <laughs> yeah. Denver was great. You should really try to smoke weed. So, yeah. I liked the episode. I was surprised at the end, which I feel like is what they're going for. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of crazy bullshit in this episode that, to your point, did not need to happen. But, hey, here we are. Yes. And now, I know what happens at the end of this season, but I can't really remember what happens in the the next few episodes. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know what this is all setting up, and it's all so worth it in the end. Okay. But I have these memories of just thinking this stretch of episodes is pretty stupid. But okay. then, like, it pays off in a good way. So good. I'm tr- trying not to hate too much, because I'm like, I see why they had to do this and this. But also, do you they see why have they to had do to do all way? that Meredith, Meredith Fell bullshit <laughs> I don't think that they needed to have Meredith Fell. I think that they wanted to hire Paul Wesley's wife. <laughs> they're not even married anymore oh yep but yep 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 so enough of me complaining uh let's channel that complaining in a more uh conventional direction who you want to punch i've been going back and forth on this one i feel like this is too easy of a pick but i'm gonna go for it Mm. um i'm gonna punch damn in this episode he was being first of all such a dick to Elena, like at City Hall Pancake House, that I was just like, what the hell, man? Like, you were in love with her two days ago, and now you're just being a royal asshole. Also, his squirrel impression creeped me out. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, so aside from that, it really bothered me um, how he how hard he was pushing Stefan to drink blood mm. and it seems like the show is setting it up to be like a good thing and like he's doing it to like help and protect Stefan but until like that tender scene at the end I thought that he was doing it to set up Stefan to fail despite mm. all of their like past conversations in this season it just seemed so it just seemed so wrong um and out of nowhere yeah yeah exactly so for those reasons i would punch damon all right i'm into it who are you gonna punch claire well initially i was trying to decide between sage and meredith but i Mm -hmm. think i can actually get two birds with one stone by saying i want to punch whoever wrote this episode (laughs) (laughs) like come on yeah. I know you probably just like had a certain number of episodes in the season order and it was just a little light on plot this week and you had to do something, but come on. Come on. Wow. Break it down the fourth wall here. I love it. Indeed. I just my very last note on his own line at the end of this episode was this ep S U X sucks. And yep. that's where I'm at with it. So yes. I'm very sorry to you writers. I'm sure like there were factors that were not in your control that made it go this way, but you made me watch, spend over an hour of my life in the last week watching this episode. 
Like and more than that, trying to figure out what the fuck happened. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to write so many notes this week and pause so many times. It was very confusing to try and keep it straight. See, I just didn't even bother taking that detailed of notes. Like, I wrote less, fewer notes for this than I did the last couple episodes because I was just like, all right, this is all stupid and that's all I have to say. <laughs> uh, well, but it gets better. It gets note. better. This is like rock bottom Good. for this season, I think. I think. Good. I didn't think it was that bad. So I'm I'm, I'm just looking forward to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have much memory of the next few until the season finale, so I'm excited to Ooh. see what happens. How many episodes are there? Like twenty one or something? Somewhere around there. So we've we've got yeah. quite a bit to go. Yeah. On a more positive note, who are you gonna high five? I'm gonna high five Mary Carol Lockwood. Just because she was so <laughs> right. true to herself. Yeah. And people are always saying, be yourself. And they don't really mean it. They mean, be, like, cool. But Mary Carol Lockwood is being herself. She's yelling at Sheriff Forbes about, like, <laughs> Sheriff Forbes should be yelled at, but not about the things Carol's yelling at her about. And I just sometimes really appreciate when somebody is their truest self. And makes me laugh like at the that. same time. So I'm going to high five Carol. You got That's it, girl. Good. I'm very sorry that you don't have any originals to fuck right now, but I'm glad you're having fun. Uh, nothing like pressuring a law officer to give you private information. Oh my god. No, but I think that's a good choice. It's her God-given right. Uh, It's her birthright, literally. (laughs) Who do you want to high-five, Beth? I'm torn between two, but I'm gonna pick the one that I think is funnier. Hell, I'm just gonna do two. Okay, so the one that I think is funnier is Sheriff Forbes. Yes. She was out here doing the fucking most in this episode. Like, she's, like, fending off demands from Carol Lockwood. She's throwing Alaric in jail. She's solving crimes. She's analyzing fake coroner letters and then deciding that they're real. This woman is busy. Yeah. She's busy. She's threatening Damon with jail time because he talked back to her. She she has just, like... Yeah, she has just really, like, she's really out there doing it. I don't know what it is, but she's she's working on it. I love uh, it. And then my less funny, more real one would be Elena. Um, mm. I feel like she was, like we were chatting about, pretty self-aware yeah. um, about her oh, relationship. I had already forgotten with... about that scene. <laughs> About her relationship with Stefan in particular, but also Damon. Mm -hmm. Um, And the fact that she recognizes what she sees in her relationship with Stefan as mostly stability, I hope is a point of like maturation for her character. Um, I'm not going to hold my breath on that because I feel like this is not the end of Stefan and Elena's love Trist by any means, but um, she had a real yeah, I feel like her Elena therapist, Matt Donovan. <laughs> yeah, over drinking cups of air. <sighs> yeah. All right. See, I thought one of yours was going to be Rebecca because she was very funny uh, I, in this episode trying to find about find out about the trees. <laughs> she was. She really was. I know. I, there, I could have done a lot of high fives here. Uh, 
Also, like, just the fact that Carol Lockwood said that the Lockwood women were responsible for, like, noting the tree log. Like, what the fuck? Like, and that's not and a she thing. also mentions before they had real jobs. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, before women could vote, they were just counting trees. <laughs> they were out here counting trees. Good times. So we've talked about ladies quite a bit in the last five minutes. Uh, why are men? Oh, my God. I wish we had a man with us to explain it like last week. That was a really nice break. (laughs) It was. Take some of this labor away from me. (laughs) Yeah, so the whole sage seduction storyline was super problematic. And even though it was like a woman who was introducing like these concepts to Damon, um, doesn't mean that that's not still the work of the patriarchy. You Mm -hmm. can have women who are propelling really dangerous narratives and ideas and like perpetuating them um, as well. Mm -hmm. It really bothered me that like she equated people's like sexual desire to the way that they dressed Mm. and how like the people who are like more buttoned up would like want it more versus the people who were like more scantily clad. I don't know. It's just like, a false narrative that's not true it gave me this memory of the episode of party down where they're catering like a republican like young republicans event and <laughs> uh roman i think is the character's name played by uh what's his name from freaks and geeks bill yeah bill from freaks and, geeks. Freaks and geeks he's bill yeah. but i forget oh uh star, well something martin star, star. martin, martin star, star. That's the one. yeah i've seen him in so, so many things but i could not remember his name i'm very sorry to this man but he like goes don't up. apologize to men and we are men or i know <laughs> and we are men and why are men we are men <laughs> we gotta start having that segment when we have male guests <laughs> i'm writing it down so we don't forget oh my god i will forget because i am dead ass drunk right now oh but anyway it reminds me of this part in party down where it's cute because they have two people who are from Veronica Mars playing this couple. It's uh, Logan and Meg Manning from Veronica Mars are this, these people, the Young Republicans thing. And Martin Starr goes up to Logan from Veronica Mars and is like, is it true what they say about your ladies that they're tomcats in the sack? Because they're all like conservative and love Jesus, but secretly they uh... like to fuck. And it's like the joke there is like he's being really gross and like saying it to this guy's face about his wife. <laughs> but here it's just like, oh, we're making this really interesting insight about women's secret desires yeah (sighs) and i don't remember i honestly don't remember if they go this direction with the sage character but it felt like they were suggesting that she was also attracted to women and the way that the way that that was coded was very much like even though she's a female character it was treated in like a male gaze kind of way where it was like she's one of the guys like she wants women like a man would want women in the way that the show presents that. So I can, it might be canon that she's bi. I don't know. I don't remember. But mm-hmm. it felt that way to me. Because she's like, look at them. Aren't they so beautiful? Like, and she seemed really I horny. I can see that. She just yeah. seems horny in general. She's like her generation's Maricare Lockwood. <laughs> she does. She's given <laughs> off the horny vibes. Yeah. But it's like interesting when media that's mainly created... and. I say this knowing that one of the showrunners is a woman, and I don't know what the gender makeup of the writer's room was, but it seemed, mm-hmm. 
in general, it seems like a lot of times when female characters are written as bisexual, that their desire for women is coded very male. Yeah. And not so much for lesbian characters. Like, for lesbian characters, it's usually different. But specifically when it's a bisexual woman, like, her desire for another woman is shown the way that a man's desire for a woman would be because that's, like, the transgressive whatever, like... She's a weird woman. She's right. She's like one of the guys. Like she likes women because she's like one of the guys. Yeah. I don't I feel like I don't know if I said that right, but No, I definitely know what what you're mean what you mean. Okay. What you're meaning. Sorry. What my meaning? What your meaning is. <laughs> That's a we good are men. Grammar. Yeah. <laughs> uh and then the whole sage thing about how like they just need to take what's theirs because they're vampires. Like, mm-hmm. if the women don't want it. I mean, there's not really too much to say about that, except it's wrong and horrible. And yeah. Oh, there was something that happened that I forgot to mention. Horrifying rape. When uh, Damon was trying to share Sage's wisdom with Stefan. Mm-hmm. And Stefan's attention was immediately drawn to the man who had just gotten punched out and was bleeding on the ground. And Damon was like, not him, not him. You want these buttoned up ladies, not the man who's actively bleeding that you can smell his blood. And it's like, I know we established that Damon doesn't need a woman for pleasure, but he's also being a little homophobic here. Like, because, you know, we equate feeding with sex on this show. Yeah. And so like the idea that Stefan would want to feed on a man just shows how how far gone he is like that he doesn't get that it's supposed to be sexy right like no 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 you want these hot ladies it was weird it's like a throwaway moment but it's just so weird yeah no I I definitely think that that's worth highlighting and I didn't pick it up pick up on that when I had watched it but Damon said no homo (laughs) right after saying yes homo a few scenes he earlier. Sure Damon sure is all over the place. Yeah, he is. He Maybe is. in 1912, he wasn't really fully come to terms with his sexuality. I can understand that. Yeah. Then anyway. He didn't have that long to think about it. <laughs> I want to kind of give a anti-Wireman shout out to Matt, actually. Which is weird. I know, but I'm feeling like very generous in my heart for no for some reason in this moment that like when Elena was talking to him about her boyfriends, he was really just being a therapist about it. He was like, "Tell me more about that." Like, and what about this? Yeah. No judgment at all and no like, "Oh, but I used to put my dick in you." Like, he was being pretty cool about it. So like, credit words to I love to make fun of Matt. I love to hate on Matt, but he did a good job this week. I think he really did and I was going to ask you or tell you that this was the first episode that I didn't hate Matt. (gasps) Oh my gosh. What a moment. He kind of annoyed me a tiny bit when he like ushered Elena away from Stefan's bloody diarrhea mouth. But aside from that, (laughs) bloody bloody diarrhea mouth. (laughs) Wow. Aside from that, it was, it was good. Yeah. He was good. Yeah. See, sometimes men can be good. Even men that we have previously despised. Yes. What a what a We idea. are men. Truly we are men this week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh I think that's all I have to say about men. Yeah. 
I think we covered it, and we can get yeah. to the real important business. Who should have done it? Uh, I am struggling with this one this week. I have one. Okay, you go first. I really want Rebecca and the milling records of the Salvador family to do it. <laughs> or just like Rebecca and tree history. Yes, that's perfect. That's she, it's perfect. all she cares about. And she's going to hang out with these douchebag brothers who are being mean to her because she's got a goal. Yeah, I love that. That was definitely the comic relief in this episode, for sure. I know it's probably not supposed to be that funny, but it is just goddamn it's like, hilarious. It's like Caroline with the horse a couple weeks ago. It's like, <laughs> so fucking weird, but I love it. Oh, good, good, good. All right. I honestly did not want anyone to do it in this episode. Like, I've been trying to think. And I took out my notes, like, a few hours ago. And I was, like, trying to think over all the options. I'm like... Damon and Sage, hell no. Sage and Stefan, hell no. Old-timey, like, Gilbert and old-timey whatever the other one was. Lockwood? No. Lockwood, no. Matt? Honestly, I felt like I was going to choose Matt, but I'm like, I can't have Matt and Elena do it. So I'm just no. really struggling with this, with this one. I guess if I had to pick truly, I would pick Rebecca and Carol Lockwood Ooh. bonding over uh, the town's history. Yeah, and trees. Um, they were the only like conversation that happened in this episode that I feel like could have spawned any sort of physical contact. Yeah. I guess there's a reason I went with a person and a concept. <laughs> I guess, like, if I had to pick two actual, like, sentient beings, I would say Samantha Gilbert and Mariana Lockwood, just because, like, they seemed like they were buds and they stood next to each other in a scene and didn't do anything problematic. <laughs> yeah, that's where the bar is for this episode. <laughs> it's so funny. Or maybe uh, that lady who Damon accosted in the parking lot and therapy. Or like a self-defense slash stranger danger class. I love the character concept pairings we have going on here. It's Sometimes very, it's all you can do. Very modern. So good. Oh my god. <laughs> well, we've done a great job with slim pickings here, I think. We have. Hey, we just came up with quite a few couples. Mostly you. <laughs> but congratulations. <laughs> congratulations to us. We did it. We we got through this episode and our segments, and now we get to do Mystic Follows. We do get to mis- to uh, we do get to do Mystic Follows. And before we launch into it, I have to like go down serious lane for a second. So, a lot of you have sent us some really really wonderful messages and comments on our social media, and it's made us so happy. But there's something kind of awkward, so I hope you'll bear with me for a minute that I have to like be sincere that it's never really come up on the podcast before, but I am non-binary and I don't have a pronoun preference, but I don't like to be called a woman or a girl or a lady. So I just want to put that on the record and like not saying anything about anybody who's referred to me that way, because there's no way you could have known. And I'm not like, and I'm like have loved getting your messages, but just for my own peace of mind, I would like it said that going forward, I like to be called a person. And now that we've said that, please, Mystic, follow us on Twitter at The VD Diaries. Yes, you could also find us on Facebook at The Vampire Diaries Diaries. 
And we're also on Instagram at the underscore VD underscore diaries underscore podcast. And if you'd like to send us an email about anything under the sun, really, like anything but dick pics, pretty much. Yeah, that's uh, can... where we draw the line. <laughs> Unless we specifically asked for them, which would be weird for many reasons. But if we did, you know, whatever. But it's the VD diaries at gmail.com. And again, we love to hear from you in any way, shape, or form, especially rating and reviewing on iTunes. Yes, that is how new people find us often. And um, we always like to grow our listeners and our community. Yes. And we've been very active on Instagram lately. So if you're going to choose one of them, that's probably the one. Yes. <laughs> I don't really do Facebook anymore. <laughs> So I don't know if our Facebook has been updated in a while. We have some stuff on there. Usually when I post to the gram, I'll cross post over to Facebook. Oh, that's um, good. But yes, yeah, so this is not happening at the time when this episode will be released. But on a hike today, I did see a literal tree with a literal label, white oak on it. And I posted that tree on our Instagram grid today. So definitely go check that out i got a text rebecca i found it i found it (laughs) yes (laughs) don't need to go through all of the milling records after all it's right here with a label (laughs) yeah fuck those old lockwood women who had no jobs (laughs) fuck the salvators (laughs) Uh, oh my gosh so that is another episode of the vampire diaries in the can if you are going to try to accuse somebody and then exonerate them from serial killings, please do it more interestingly than Meredith Fell and stay safe out there. That is an excellent tip, Claire. He's a ripper! Mozzarella.